0: plushcare.com slash weight loss hi everyone and welcome to pixels a podcast for the discerning gamer Hey everyone, Patrick Beja here for a new episode of Pixels. Uh, this is going to be a quick one. I thought I would throw in a quick update before the craziness of E3 starts. We're about a couple of weeks away from that. And uh, that's going to be, of course, is always fun and insane. And uh, we're going to be covering it live, probably, hopefully, with Scott. I mean, that's the plan. We've been doing that for the past few years. Um, so we will certainly be doing that. And I will put the audio, uh, if I manage to record, from those uh, conferences we're covering live in the feed. People have been telling me that they enjoy that. So you will be able to listen after the fact as well. Uh, And of course, after all is said and done, we will do our wrap-up, E3 wrap-up show, our booksels (laughs) episode. Um, That will be fun as well. So that's uh, this episode is coming in a a little bit before that. And it's coming in after the episode that came just before, Logic. Uh, it's uh, the special I just did with uh, Mr. Darling's class. It's uh, a group of wonderful 12-ish year olds whom I had a half an hour long conversation with. Uh, if you haven't heard that episode, it's episode 83. Go back and listen to it. It's fascinating. There was a lot of interesting insight um, The kids were great. They surprised me a few times, honestly, their take on their favorite games, depending, you know, not necessarily being the one they're playing the most right now and uh, their opinion on... uh, stuff they buy, virtual items they buy in the games, uh, you know, a bunch of things like that were really interesting. So it was a wonderful, uh, uplifting conversation, I thought. It was really great. So go check that out if you haven't listened to it. Um, but yeah, for this one, it's going to be a quick um, summary of what's been happening. There isn't a huge amount, but there are some things. In, and the main thing is the big the two big yearly franchises, or almost yearly, I guess... Uh, Battlefield isn't yearly anymore, but uh, yeah, the big FPSs have given details for the next update, and uh, we have Battlefield on one end, and the Call of Duty Black Ops 4 on the other, on both hands, not ends, uh, and then we have the Adaptive Controller I want to say a few words about, and a few other things, so you know what, let's get started with Battlefield 5. I guess uh, you've heard that this game is coming. The release date. I think Battlefield has always been uh released in October, a little bit uh, before the uh, other the big uh, Novo- November games. But it's funny because uh it seems everyone is keeping to that schedule of Let's uh, release everything before Red Dead Redemption 2, which, if you remember, is coming out October 26th. So, anyway, Battlefield is also coming out uh, mid-October, just like every other game this year, it seems. And uh, it's got some interesting stuff, honestly. Uh, First, a word about the presentation. Just like Call of Duty, they did a, a half an hour. It was shorter than Call of Duty, but they did a half an hour reveal which was hosted by Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. And that gave it, I think, a, a slightly weird vibe. Um, it was like he was genuinely, he seemed genuinely interested in the game, um, but it felt like kind of a talk show. It was just a bit weird. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, the, the humor and everything was like, Trevor Noah felt like he, it felt like he felt obliged to make jokes because he's a comedian, and some of them were funny, but it just felt a little bit out of place. I'm not sure the, the formula worked super well. But um, so yeah, Battlefield 5 uh comes back to World War II, kind of like Call of Duty last year, and they have a lot of interesting things to to offer in that game. There are three main aspects of the game: there is the solo content, which is just like for Battlefield 1. The um, War stories. so it's basically a series of narrative arcs uh, that are independent from one another, but you ha- you play through in different settings from World War II. Um, this is going to be, uh, th- they're going to add some of those uh, going forward, but you have a number of them in the uh, original game, in the initial game. You'll have uh, also Combined Arms, which is a co-op mode, which is usually a nice... Uh, a uh, place uh, for people who aren't necessarily super fan of multiplayer and they can still go and have fun with their friends. And then there's uh, the, the regular multiplayer mode and the grand operations mode, which is, you know, um, if you compare Battlefield to Call of Duty, Call of Duty has always been that, like, easily accessible, super fast, uh, not necessarily very realistic none none of these games are very realistic but you you get my my meaning it's a little bit more arcade like and uh battlefield is a more gritty serious like if you want to play uh mm-hmm. something a bit more uh, uh that requires more strategy and thought behind your your actions then you go to battlefield and call of duty is like all right i'll just jump in run around shoot someone die and repeat So the grand operations are basically a multiplayer mode where it's two armies going one against the other. It's, you know, numerous players on each map on Battlefield. That's another of their staples. Um, And you play through several days, so several maps uh, in sequence. It's about an hour worth of multiplayer uh, gameplay for each grand operation, and uh, each day you play, or each map you play, uh, has you, you can influence what's going to happen in the next one. And if you go to the last one, it's really a, uh, a a situation where attrition is super important as a concept. It's important in the game as a whole. You don't necessarily have huge amounts of. Um, ammunition and stuff like that so you you have to be deliberate about what you do but especially in the grand operations mode you're gonna have uh towards the end people have used up all of their uh supplies and ammunitions and you have to be it it replicates a little bit of that feeling of the end of an operation uh, a war uh, in a theater of war so that seems kind of uh interesting Um, There are mechanical changes to the game, like you can build fortifications, you can uh, uh, create your own company, meaning you have different soldiers that you're going to accrue and uh, make your team, essentially, for lack of a better word. So, overall, it seems like a pretty interesting uh, package. There is solo content, unlike, we'll get to that, unlike Call of Duty. Uh, They talked about the monetization model as well. Uh, There's no... Premium pass, there's no loot boxes, uh, and there's no pay-to-win. So the only thing that's left, basically, is buying cosmetic items uh, throughout the life of the game. And they've essentially confirmed that that's um, going to happen. You won't be able to buy loot boxes, so the items won't be in loot boxes. There is no DLC, essentially, so no uh, premium pass, no... uh, collector's edition, whatever. Not collector's edition, but no premium pass. Um, And yeah, so the only thing that's left for them to generate revenue throughout the life of the game to add new content which they will is going to be to sell cosmetic items it's probably the preferred model i would say for gamers um and i guess they're getting the hint given that you know ea is the publisher and uh, battlefield 2 happened last year <laughs> so they're going to be doing that a little bit more respectfully so that's good that's good um so yeah Overall, I'm intrigued. I'm not traditionally a Battlefield gamer, but um, I'm if I have time, which is extremely unlikely, I would like to check it out. But so many great games, we'll, we'll have to see. A quick word on the ridiculous controversy about the uh, fact that a woman is on the cover of the game um also a, a woman the one of the main characters in the reveal trailer was a woman and she was obviously very badass because <laughs> you know warrior in world war ii um she would be and it uh, 's it sparked as you might expect uh sadly it sparked a, a i don't think very large but visible movement of people saying that this is unrealistic and that um, you wouldn't have a woman fighting in world war ii which is You know, let's put aside the fact that this is silly because obviously women fought in World War II when you have many examples of uh, terrifyingly uh, badass women who did incredible things during the war. Uh, And so let's put that aside. Let's even put aside the idea that this is part of the silly movement of people who are unhappy with female representation uh, increasing in, in gaming. Let's even put that aside. Honestly, how how insecure do you have to be in your own masculinity to feel threatened by a woman being on the cover of a video game box? That is what really gets me. You know, it's how how um, unsure of yourself do you have to be that you feel this is somehow a threat to your identity? It and because at the core of it, that's I I guess what it what it's like. Because we're even beyond I think movements like or I guess it's the consequence of movements like GamerGate and stuff like that. But it's this is so small and and silly, and also we can put aside the idea that realism is not necessarily a staple of those games you have numerous examples of things that happen that you know in those games that is obviously it has no basis in reality uh and i i mean anyway so i did want to mention that and uh it, it feels like someone going out on the internet and and saying that this is an attack on 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 their identity as men, which I've seen, is... I feel a bit sad for someone that would say this, because really... Okay, you know what I think about all of this. Uh, I also do want to mention that I'm not sure there were many people who were saying it. They were being basically... Many, many of the things I saw were people saying how that was dumb. Reacting like that was dumb. And I saw very few people actually saying that, that, you know, women shouldn't be on that, uh, on the covers. So I do think there's a little bit of an effect of very few people are reacting like that. And you will always have idiots who say idiotic things on about any topic, because, you know, the internet gives a voice to everyone, and there's always going to be someone who's, who's an an ass. Um, And so you're going to hear them. But I wonder if that was really if there was really an outrage. Although, to be fair, I've also seen uh, that the subreddit for Battlefield had to put a disclaimer to for people to read the rules to not you know be disparaging to women and to stop talking about this because really it's it's ah, I come back to that, you know, how insecure do you have to be that this is you know she's super badass she has like this uh prosthetic arm which which is a claw essentially which they did have you know it's like people who complain about the historical inaccuracy haven't even looked into the historical accuracy because it is all pretty historically believable. So anyway, I I didn't want to mention it. Let's not spend too much time on it. But rather, let's move on to Call of Duty, Black Ops 4. Um, Presentation was super Activision. It was like all dynamic and and dude bro for uh, Call of Duty as always. Um, Maybe that's a mischaracterization saying dude bro. We haven't seen dude bro since i guess gears of war um but yeah so what do we get in call of duty black ops 4 we do not get a single player campaign now whether it is because they didn't have time to finish it or whether it's because they initially intended to not have one in to focus on other things we don't know uh they're saying they initially didn't want to have it um but it will have a lot of multiplayer to hopefully make up for it um the the standard multiplayer mode, which is improved and and kind of interesting. One thing, one of the mechanical changes they made is that you don't regenerate health by hiding anymore. You have to actively inject yourself with a uh, a, a med <laughs> syringe, I guess, to regain health. So then you, the gameplay uh, becomes a choice between shooting and healing, which can be an interesting uh, thing because you, you have to make the choice. Do I keep shooting that, that enemy that is almost gone or do I sort of take a break and maybe um, get let him get away by uh, healing? That, that could be mechanically interesting. So there's the standard multiplayer mode, which seems quite rich, There's the Zombies mode, which has uh, three different sub-modes or sub-maps with um, a lot of storytelling in it. I mean, they're making it seem like it's a lot, and in the multiplayer there will be as well, which is going to make up for the single-player. I don't think it will. It's usually like let's say, a cutscene you watch once and then you skip through anytime you and you get to the option and say don't play them, it seems like that would be it. But So the Zombies mode is going to be back, and Zombies is a co-op mode where you uh, are four people and fight hordes of zombies. And there's going to be multiple maps, so that could be interesting. Uh, Blackout is their very much uh, leaked Battle Royale mode or suspected Battle Royale mode um which they didn't give a lot of information about well almost no information about there is they said there's going to be all of the uh characters you love from Black Ops games which i didn't really play any <laughs> so okay um and you're going to be playing battle royale they showed like the the 3D hologram of a uh, building that was really tall that could be an interesting setting for a battle royale we haven't really seen that um, and it's all we saw we're guessing there's going to be a lot more at E3 <clears throat> that's what I'm uh, expecting anyway that's what everyone's expecting and uh, yeah so overall I would say um, they made a somewhat compelling package i think a compelling presentation if the battle royale mode is fun um it could be interesting because a lot of people i've heard a lot of people say well you know i i played call of duty single player and that's why i went for it and so i'm not interested in this one but everyone who says that follows up follows it up by saying well, but I haven't played Call of Duty for like three years. You know, the last three, or two or three or four haven't really pulled me in. So, anyone who is really going to Call of Duty for a single player—I mean, it seems not anyone—but most people are aren't really going to Call of Duty at all anymore. So, I'm wondering if this—you know—I was saying this on my French show—if you have five to ten hours of fun in each of those modes. And I think you might, you know, five-ish. Let's say you do 15 to 20 hours total in those three modes. It might be worth a uh, full price for the game, which it is going to be, obviously. So we'll have to wait and see what the blackout mode is like, the Battle Royale mode. But um, bringing this kind of uh, mode to the package and making it a little bit bigger... I really think could could work. I mean, it got me a little bit more interested than I had been in the past three or four Call of Duties. So we'll see how it goes. Oh yeah, and also uh, it's uh, on PC. It's going to be on Battle.net and not on Steam. So that also uh, <laughs> rubbed a few people the wrong way. I really don't have a problem with it. It's I understand why some people think oh the the Battle.net. Uh, a launcher is a thing for blizzard games and i don't want it to be sullied by yeah okay i i get it really i do but uh it's it's a launcher of apps it's not even like steam where you have your communities and and comments and reviews and it's really just to launch the things with a little bit of ads on the side uh you do have your friends list but you know I don't think the Call of Duty players are going to come and and dirty and and sully your app launcher. So, yeah, I get that it's a little bit upsetting, but I don't get people who were actually upset. So, anyway, it's going to happen and likely it's going to keep happening. So, we will have to find... Uh, a way to live with, live with it and I'm guessing that the people at Activision and uh, Blizzard made a very scientific calculation that no one is going to stop using the Blizzard, uh, the Battle.net uh, launcher for uh, because all of a sudden Black Ops 4 appears on it I guess they are right in that um, in that calculation. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was the Xbox Adaptive Controller, which is really cool. You know, I've I, I've been a bit harsh with Microsoft over the past few couple of years, or maybe since the Xbox One, the Xbox One launched, and um, I think deservedly so. But they also have some cool stuff, and the Adaptive Controller is one of those. I, you've probably heard about it, but just if you don't know the details. Um, It's basically a large rectangular uh, slab of plastic and metal with, you know, it's a controller and it has a bunch of uh, the option buttons and the directional, the the cross, the key, directional key thing, um, the joypad, and a couple of huge buttons. And uh, it's aimed at uh, disabled gamers, handicapped gamers, and the, the, the really important thing is that you have on the back of it 19 uh, jack plugs for each of the 19 buttons from the controller. And for each of them, you can plug in your own uh, button or system to activate the button. So it might be a pedal, it might be a, a head uh, switch that you can press on with your head or a straw in which you can blow or, or um, inhale through the straw uh all those kinds of things so it will allow uh disabled gamers to make their own setup in a much 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 cheaper and easier way than had they had to do in the past the controller itself is about a hundred bucks and um the the issue with those was that they really needed um custom setups that were created by uh you know associations and and communities and and groups who would do it differently for every uh dis- disabled person disability And it would be complicated. You had to open an existing controller, solder stuff. And so this is going to make all of it super easy. And uh, they have been working on it for, I don't know, two or three years. They've been working with um, disabled gamers associations and and disabled gamers. And I mean, it seemed by all accounts, this is just a great move for everyone. There is no cynicism to be had here. Um, And if anything... I'm really hoping that when Microsoft announced this a few days ago, uh, executives at Sony and even Nintendo picked up the phone and called them and said, hey, we want to do that for our machine as well. Would you um, work with us to make it happen? Because this is a, a thing that it seems has no downside for everyone. And it's a super cool uh, uh Project for Microsoft uh, it works on Xbox and pc by the way, so if we have if you have disabled friends uh, soon this year, they will be able to buy that and oh, there's also uh USB ports for the an- analog sticks, so they will be able to do that this year. It will be released this year. Super cool stuff. A bunch of uh, small tidbits we can discuss uh, first of all, Detroit becomes human is getting lost in the, uh, I think, E3 hype and, you know, the the news from Battlefield and Call of Duty, which are always kind of a tidal wave that that washes everything away. But uh, Detroit Become Human is getting pretty well-reviewed, a little bit better uh, on Metacritic than Heavy Rain, which was David Cage's previous success. I would say it was better. Beyond Two Souls was not as well um rated but uh, it seems like it's it's a pretty cool game i don't think i will have time to play it but not right now at least but i'm a bit bummed because i'm well i'm too busy for it but i think it could be one of his from all i've heard it could be the a, a more successful realization of that narrative slash choices slash cinematic uh gameplay that he's been trying to put together for years now and uh it, it seems like it works. So I'm very curious. I really liked the demo. Uh I might have to try and find some time to to play it at some point. So if you're if you like these kinds of games you might want to take a look at this one. Uh going to PlayStation um the the investors call from last week had an interesting comment in it. It was um, basically the the CEO. I oh, I'm gonna forget his name. Uh, Kodera, right? Um, he he mentioned that the PlayStation Four is getting into its uh, the end of its life cycle, and those words were scrutinized and interpreted in many many different ways uh currently they have sold essentially uh, 80 million units uh it seems they're looking at um uh, almost let's say 17 million more next year so they will probably be around 100 million when all is said and done um and they also announced 80 million monthly active users on playstation network with uh about uh a third, a little bit more, 34 million paid PlayStation Plus uh, subscribers. So that's a lot of people who pay (laughs) 60 bucks a a year um, for that service. But getting back to the end of life cycle comment, I think that doesn't mean that we are going to see playstation 4 next year uh, playstation 5 next year at all if anything it means that the playstation 5 is probably a, a few years away probably i would say 3 Uh, 2021 announcement would make sense maybe 2020 um, with a release 2021 or 2022 it would make sense because of course as I've said many times they don't want to hit the reset button quite yet because they have a huge lead in this generation at some point they will have to and uh, they made a big deal uh, about the services and the fact that they need to have services on the console and that you can't divorce you, you you shouldn't uh how how did they put them uh did they did they put it you should uh use those and services to compensate for the dip in operating profit uh when you launch a new console because of course at that point it, it you make very little money on the console you just manufactured because you're trying to make it you know the top of the line type of uh Um, hardware so that costs a lot and there's not a lot of profits to be made some people took it to uh, it was a little bit more elaborate than that the comment but some people took it to mean oh we are going to not have uh, the console physical consoles anymore they're going to go to uh, streaming services and stuff like that I really don't think that's the case I think we have at least one or two extra generations of consoles at the very least playstation 5 and xbox 2 whatever it is are going to be physical devices and i think the one after that but we'll see you know that is probably 10 years away and who knows what's going to happen in those 10 years but the next one is going to be very much a similar model to what we have now as i've said very likely backwards compatible with playstation 4 titles and uh, it might be a little bit more integrated with services that I could see happen um and maybe even I don't you know maybe they're going to try and do what Microsoft tried to do last time and tie everything to your account including physical copies but allowing you to sell them easily would be very important obviously um but we'll see this is speculation and it's years away anyway so but uh, yeah the PlayStation 4 is entering the last uh, cycle the last um Uh, the it's the end of its life cycle and it's been around for already what five years if we have if we get two or three more well at least three more and no by the way once the PlayStation 5 comes out the PlayStation 4 isn't out right it's not over so um, but it would be eight years if the PlayStation 5 comes out in 2021 which would be a long life cycle for a console but the current context would make sense for for that um and by the way the pro versions that's the xbox one x versions did not uh turn into we might have those pro slash x slash whatever uh versions for the next version as well but it it is really not as big a deal as some people might have thought um when they were announced like we're not going into a bi-yearly uh renew cycle model model like some people thought that's not happening. So we'll see. And they did mention they didn't, uh, they are not going to be making any hardware announcements, any hardware announcements at E3, which isn't that surprising. They did also mention that they're disappointed by PlayStation VR sales, which I again can believe. <laughs> um, but uh, if that means they're not going to focus as much on PSVR as we might have hoped. I don't know, but I think it's possible if they're disappointed, if they only have a couple million units in the wild. Um, that's consistent, by the way, with what uh, Oculus said. They they were hoping that the market would grow faster, and it hasn't. So, PlayStation, you know, VR isn't dead. I don't think that's what it means, but it's a more modest market than what people had hoped or anticipated. I I would even say it's not as um it hasn't failed as much as things like you know 3D TV or uh, motion gaming uh, because that was those were not uh adopted by the or not adopted but were not approved <laughs> as bringing something to the the core of games by gamers. I think it was more of a side thing for for motion gaming and for 3D, you know, for TV viewing experiences. Um, VR has been adopted by many people. It's just that it's not as many people as we... And many people think, yeah, it's cool. It could be cool. It, it could be cool, but it's not there yet or it's not there. And we're. it's not that it's... so. Motion gaming and 3D were kind of gimmicks. I think PSVR and VR in general is a fun thing that is not as fun as the real thing. So that's a slightly different way of looking at it, I think. Um, Steam Link uh, was rejected by Apple for iOS and tvOS, which is a bummer. It's coming to Android now, uh, so I think it should be released today, I think. Um, and that's really cool for Android users. Uh, iPhone and Apple users have to uh, deal with the finicky nature of uh, Apple's approval process. And the reason why they are saying that um, it doesn't... it. it it's rejected. So basically what happened, valve submitted it on the second, I believe they got it approved and they had made the announcement on, um, the fifth. And then Apple came back to them and said, we are actually not going to allow you to have that app on our store. Um, it's the, the reasoning is a little bit obscure, obviously, but it has to do with, uh, business conflicts with app guidelines. Um, I think that means that Apple doesn't want you to have an easy way to play uh, your games that you got cheap on your PC on your Apple TV or or iOS device because then you have less reasons to buy the thing on their platform, which I guess makes sense. Um, But it's also obviously a bummer. Uh, I, I hope that, you know, if someone hadn't approved it in the first place then valve wouldn't have made the the announcement and it wouldn't be a semi you know it wouldn't be a big deal now which maybe because it's a big deal we apple might be rattled into uh, approving it because after all it's only a, a desktop a mirroring app kind of uh, thing and there are many of those as valve said on the on the app store um but so if, if someone hadn't approved it initially, uh, it wouldn't have made the news. And so I'm wondering if if that someone isn't, you know, the person reviewing the app at Apple isn't a gamer. And they were like, yeah, I know they're probably going to reject it ultimately, but I, I really want to see this on my <laughs> Apple device. So I'm going to approve it. I, I don't know. This is just, you know, my, me speculating. But um, I guess we will see. Um, oh, and talking about streaming, uh, EA has bought a cloud gaming company. So everyone is getting ready for that. So, um, I mean, obviously, we're not there yet. But Capcom is doing something interesting with that in uh, Japan. They're bringing Resident Evil 7 uh, to the Switch with a cloud edition, quote unquote, which is essentially a rental um for 180 days for a cheap-ish price. It's, uh, I think, about 20 bucks, something like that. And they stream it. So the really interesting thing is I've talked about video streaming and game streaming for for a long time on this show, and I I could see a service in general being something that would be a Netflix of, of gaming um, that would work with this technology. But the way Capcom is going about it, and they're not the first ones, I, I think Fantasy Star 2 is, is working like that as well, but the way they're doing going about it is using that technology for a specific game that wouldn't fit on the Switch anyway, graphically, technologically. Um, and obviously you're not going to be playing it when you're, or not easily going to be playing it when you're on in mobile mode, but in on the 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 t, when you're at home uh, and on the TV, it should work really well. So you only download a 50 meg app, which is you know the Resident Evil Evil Seven uh, Cloud Edition on your Switch, and then you just stream the game. If you have a good connection, which in Japan many people do, um, it can work. So um, I think it's a really interesting one and uh we will have to see how that that evolves but it's even more interesting from the point of view of um using the technology for a specific app for a specific game i didn't see that coming and i think it's it's quite clever uh talking about japan nintendo is releasing a cheaper uh, switch bundle which has no dock and no power supply so it's essentially a portable switch if you already have a usb c power supply then you can get it for cheaper. It's not a lot cheaper. It's like half the the, the, the the amount you save is half is half the amount you would need to buy a dock in the first place. Um, but in Japan, it makes a little bit of sense because houses are crowded with your whole family. The TV might not be uh, available all the time and um, you spend a lot of time in, uh, in, in commute. So in Japan it probably makes sense. I think it makes less sense in the West. And uh we might see it come with that bundle, but I think we also might not. I think we'll see a uh, <coughs> oh, Sorry, I think we'll see a a new version, a new hardware for the Switch in the in, you know, uh, 18 months or so, which will which might be a Switch Go or a portable only version of it before we see that, but who knows? Um, Epic Games is putting up $100 million over the next 12 months for esports in Fortnite. That's kind of crazy. I mean, uh, there are some comp- esports, uh, I mean, companies that uh, give price pools of over $100 million even, but it's things like Dota, or I'm guessing League of Legends, and like the big established games. Uh, Fortnite is very new and putting up 100 million, which is uh, uh, exceptional. It's very rare that you see that much, is kind of <laughs> incredible. I think Blizzard is putting up like 3 or 4 million for Overwatch esports. So that's uh, amazing. They also said they were going to, going to uh, focus on different things, like the, the joy of playing the game and, and the community of it for esports, which... Uh, admittedly a battle royale mode is difficult to uh get into a narrative for esports it's difficult to do in esports form because you have 100 people first of all do you get them all in the same arena it's possible of course but um it's a very different model um you and but for watching even like do you watch someone and then they die after ten minutes, and then you switch to someone else, but you haven't seen what they did from the beginning? You could do it, but it's just—it's a slightly different approach to uh, esports, which is going to be interesting to to see evolve and how they go about it. The the people at Epic seem to be pretty clever, though, so I'm I'm sure they will figure it out. Um, and oh, if you like Japan, um, the Yakuza series is coming to ps4 and uh, there's a demo of the yakuza 6 uh, which just released in in the west that's available on playstation and uh, that is an interesting thing you play like for two minutes and <laughs> there's like an hour and a half of, of uh uh pre not pre-rendered but cinematic uh, storytelling things and it looks good in the beginning, and then you actually start playing the game and you realize, oh, so this is not a, like, hundred million dollars project. They actually had a double-A budget or something like that. Um, but, I mean, go check it out. It's a, an acclaimed series. It's interesting for the japan of it. And that definitely comes through. And there's an interesting combat system. There's a, a whole world and interesting characters. Like, the the... There is a lot of it that is triple A quality, which makes the the double A quality parts of it a little bit more jarring. But it's not to say that it's not, uh, uh, it doesn't seem like a good, um, a high quality game. So anyway, Yakuza is uh, conquering, conquering the, the West. That's kind of cool. Uh, there were a couple of updates. I mean, uh, No Man's Sky is getting a big multiplayer update in July for PlayStation and for the Xbox launch. So it seems like, you know, multiplayer in No Man's Sky, that's crazy. I mean... I don't think most people are going to go back to it uh some people will be interested i mean especially on the xbox uh you might want to check that game out because it wasn't available to you until now but it's weird to think that it's finally getting multiplayer like you will be able to warp to your friends and fly together and do dogfights and it's it's two years it took two years to finish that game to make it into what was supposed to be so um that's interesting. We also have an update on on uh, Sky of Thieves, Sea of Man, uh, Sea of Thieves, of course, which it's not as substantial, but they have announced that they have like bi-monthly updates for this game. Um, I, I'm still not sure exactly what those updates bring, but um, yeah, it's it's being updated as well. Those two are going to be in the same conversation for years to come. I think it's it's very similar how they have been received. A uh, bunch of delays, Shenmue 3 is delayed, uh, Skull and Bones, if you remember that Ubisoft game uh, is delayed, those are the uh, pre-E3 delay announcements so that they don't uh, uh, disappoint you for the actual show. So we also have uh, Metro Exodus that is uh, delayed, it looked really good, I think it was in the Microsoft presentation, Uh, but we're still going to see some uh, gameplay at E3, so look forward to that. Uh, And Borderlands 3 won't be at E3. It, It wasn't named quite as Borderlands 3, but they they keep saying, like, this sequel to a very much-loved uh, franchise from Gearbox. And and they never name it, but everyone knows it is. But it won't be at 3 which is a little bit of a bummer. At the same time, given that Rage 2 uh, seems to be taking the, the spot for that, it might not be a bad idea to... <laughs> um, I mean, it seems it's probably because it's still cooking. but um Oh, I, I did want to mention about Mu 3. Uh, it was supposed to come out in 2018 um given how it looks honestly it's probably best that it doesn't L- keep working on that game it's uh, anyway uh and lastly uh super sad bit of news uh total biscuit has unfortunately passed away john bain if you don't know uh who he is he um. So he he's been a YouTuber and a game critic for for a long time. Um. But he got his start talking about World of Warcraft. He was, uh, uh the head of Wow Radio back when we also all. Are, I mean, when I got my start in that field, um, and everyone was starting up. I mean, Scott Johnson, of course, and Terpster. Everyone was discovering the world of podcasts through world of warcraft and uh, and total biscuit did as well and we had the few interactions and uh honestly he was kind of an ass um a- admittedly i met him a few years later and we had a-, a quick chat and uh and he basically he said uh yeah i was kind of an ass back then <laughs> which i don't think he never became he ever became not an ass he, he became less of an ass um But he was so passionate. And in the end, I think he he stood for, you know, for the right things. He he got very angry with some members of his community. He was one of those people who was angry, I think, when he was young and mellowed a little bit as he got a little bit older. And he was just 20, you know, when we like 20-ish, 21, when he, we, we started back in 2006. And um, not that that excuses anger, but he was, he was an angry person. And uh, his, he, may, he gathered an angry community around him, I think, because he was the guy who would yell and who would uh, uh, say how unacceptable everything was. And over the years, he realized that that, created a, a community that was maybe not as uh, fun and, and cool as he would have liked. And I think because of that, and because he changed himself, he, he mellowed, as we said, and he was always very passionate. He wouldn't hesitate to say what he thought, but I think he didn't, in the end, in the last few years, the last five years, maybe he, he became that uh, um, that harsh but fair if that makes sense, uh, kind of person that I think is uh, ultimately a, a positive force for the industry. Um, and he was very much beloved. And and so we knew he had cancer for a few years and he was in remission for a while. And uh, it's just, it's just, you know, it's harsh. Um, as I mentioned, he was, some people are, are going on Twitter and, and saying mean things about him and mentioning, uh things that he said that weren't nice you know we're not talking about about politics or people who oh, you know lost their lives because of what he did we're talking about games and if you can't be a little bit nice or take a step back when the the you know the poor guy and and his family are i mean he died of cancer and his family is going through this and and if you have to bring up whatever he said five years ago, you're probably not a great person either. Um, so we knew it was coming and I, it's not like he was a friend or anything. He's just someone I knew tangentially and I, and I had been following and it's just a bit harsh, you know, it's hard. Um, he was 33 and, um, yeah, I, so, you know, raise a glass, a total biscuit and, uh, if you have someone you, you love, tell them. Just tell them. Um, all right. And that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks with E3. That will be fun. Talk to you then. Bye.